the Son of God came to this world, a world which everybody vies for position, everybody wants recognition, what's due and coming to them. And God flips our ideas around as he explains, it's all by grace. And if you don't want grace, you don't get grace. You get what's coming to you. The last will be first. And we know how the story of God's kingdom works. It's a story of perplexing generosity. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. September 24th, 2023. Matthew 20, 1-16. You know, I've worked a, a couple of jobs that had really what you might call a seasonal surge in activity, whether it was because the, the harvest or because of production or seasonal demand, we had to hire extra workers during certain times. Or what we actually liked was not just other people coming on board, but when they would say to us, do you want to work extra hours this week? See, because we knew that meant, would you like overtime pay? And actually, when they, when they said, does anybody want to come in on Saturday and, and work this weekend? We knew that actually meant we're willing to pay you extra money for the same amount of time you normally work in a shift. I think the, the professional athlete who works so hard to get to that point thinks, I've earned this. To the, the person who does the lowliest job knows, I've earned this. Isn't that the, the question we all like to, to ask? What's in it for me? And you know what? The disciples of Jesus, they weren't immune to wondering that truth either. In fact, Jesus told them how they were going to face many things as they suffered as his disciples and followed him. And then we see one of the disciples, Peter, speaking on behalf of all of them, I'm sure, saying, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. What is there for us? And of course, Jesus responds, for all his disciples, for you and for me. As we labor in God's kingdom, we find what, what is there as we work in God's kingdom? We see the answer as we look at what Jesus tells us in Matthew 20. See, just before this reading, the disciples, they were really, if anyone, working hard in the kingdom of God, had indeed left everything. They had left mother and father, family, they had traveled with Jesus, lodged with Jesus, learned from Jesus, and now they're at the point where Jesus tells them, that's not enough, you're going to also bear a cross. So you, you can understand why Peter would ask that question. Lord, what is there for us? And Jesus, he did give a reassuring response to his workers, his disciples, as he says, Truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, will also sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That's all well and good for the disciples. What about you? He says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, father or mother, wife or children or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and inherit eternal life. Sounds great, doesn't it? God has something good in store as we serve him in his kingdom. Even though we know we will inherit eternal life, he promises grace upon grace as we work for him. But then we see Jesus 
adding something perplexing. It's something we see both at the start and the end of today's reading. Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And he goes on to tell them a story about the kingdom of God, a perplexing story that explains this axiom, the first will be last. He says, for the kingdom of God is like an owner of a vineyard who hires his workers. And then we see the progression. First, he, at the very start of the day, at the, the crack of dawn, hires those workers who agree to pay work for a day's wages, uh, what's called a denarius at that time. And so they begin their labor. But then, this is apparently a harvest where there's this unlimited amount of work needing to be done. And so this owner of the vineyard at this if anyone had a surge in work availability, it was him, started looking for more workers. And so he went out at 9 o'clock and said, hey, you want a job? And agreed, and the people worked. And then he did that again at noon, and he still needed more workers and went out at 3. Finally, an hour before the closing of the day, he went out and found some more people. People who had been idle the whole day, as Jesus explains. And the owner of the vineyard asked, why aren't you doing anything? Why have you been standing here idle? And they simply respond, nobody's hired us. Now, that's probably not the kind of worker you want. doesn't sound like they have much ambition, but this worker needs them and he wants them, so he says, you too, go work in my vineyard. He doesn't look at qualifications. He doesn't look at ambition. He doesn't look at what they deserve. He just gives them a place to serve him and to work in his vineyard. You know, that's the way it is with the kingdom of God, too. Jesus starts this story by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. God has an immeasurable harvest in this world, and he has a task which he's assigned to his people to serve and glorify him in this world throughout their lives. And he graciously graciously calls people to serve him. It's not that we find him and, and decide we're going to serve him. No, God calls us into service in his kingdom. And we see it doesn't matter. Some people are called from the very beginning of their life and they endure the heat of the day and they work. And there are others we know who will be called to serve even at the last moment or maybe in a small way. And the kingdom of God has workers. And it doesn't matter if you are a full-time worker serving in the gospel ministry or if you are someone who's involved in many other ways. There are people who need to serve at literally the church building and there are people who need to serve as the church, the invisible church in their life. Whether you're the one that's here serving on the church council or where you're the one behind the scenes that nobody sees making sure the bushes are trimmed, God needs workers. And don't misunderstand that that's not the only place God needs you to serve him. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention God needs us to serve him throughout our life as Christian mothers, fathers, Christian friends and neighbors. He needs us to serve him, wants us, calls us to be his own and serve him throughout our life in any way that we serve in this world. And that includes the service from the, the person who gives their life, lays down their life as an evangelist, all the way down to the person who simply says to someone, hey, I'm praying for you, and gives them a hug. From the greatest deed to the least, each one is serving in God's kingdom. The parable goes on as Jesus explains in his story. The worker 
calls everyone for their wages. Now it's pay time. And you can imagine those who had worked the, the heat of the day as they, they saw those last hour people, those people who had been idle and only put in that minimum amount of work at the end of the day, getting the, the full day's wages. It doesn't say they complained because they were expecting to get more. And then when they see handed to them the same amount of pay, even though they agreed to it, not what they expected. So they gripe against the landowner. The point of this parable is, it doesn't matter what you've worked, all receive a gift and grace. We read Jesus carry on this story as he says regarding that worker, as they griped against the landowner, <clears throat> I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the ones who were hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Sometimes those who work in God's kingdom begin to think they're working for what they have coming. But remember, Jesus says, so the last will be first and the first last. If you think that your time spent serving your God has earned you maybe a good day or maybe because you've lived a good life and you've been a good Christian that you've served your Lord faithfully that he's ought to bless you with you know, a couple good returns or that God owes you one. Remember, the first will be last. We might begin to think that because of our efforts and our time in God's kingdom, that we are the first, but in doing so, become the last. What Jesus has the man say here to him is, take your pay and go. It's actually the, the same thing that we have in Scripture as Jesus says to the devil, away from me, Satan. If someone wants to find that their time gives them recognition, or because you put in that effort and, and you've served so diligently for your God, that you get praise from other people or you get what's coming, that's all you're going to get coming. Like the man that Jesus described who praised his position and said, Lord, I'm thinking not like others. Or the man who, who prayed in front of others, Jesus says they've received their reward in full. You want things in this world, you want power, you want money, you want recognition, that's, that's what you'll get. But that's all you'll get. And perhaps as you read into this too, if that's what you're looking for, if you want fair pay and not God's way, he will send you away and you'll have what you've earned, the wages of sin. And the wages of sin is death and hell follows with it. The first will be last. That's not the way God's kingdom operates. Not the way that the world is. The, the last will be first. He switches it around. The way that this world wants it is that you earn your spot, but God's kingdom is a kingdom of grace. And he totally turns it around. Some of Jesus' disciples didn't quite get that. Could you imagine how Judas felt as he put in his time? Jesus, sure, Jesus had promised he would receive 10 times over, 100 times over, but he wasn't seeing it. So Judas helped himself to the money bag. And Judas found maybe he could get a little extra what he's got coming as he traded his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Jonah didn't see why the Ninevites deserved a second chance when they 
were brought and called to God by his voice. And can you imagine how the Apostle John felt as he was standing looking at the cross and there's that person right next to Jesus and Jesus says to him, this criminal who earlier had mocked Jesus, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so the last will be first. The Son of God came to this world, a world which everybody vies for position, everybody wants recognition, what's due and coming to them. And God flips our ideas around as he explains, it's all by grace. And if you don't want grace, you don't get grace. You get what's coming to you. Thank God that in his kingdom, he's called us to service. And we serve him knowing he is a good and gracious God. Serve him not just because he promises we'll receive a hundred times over and eternal life, but because he is the one who gave us everything. Our God is a God of grace. And this perplexing story ought to strike that this generosity of our God is one which we now accept and live under in our life. doesn't matter whether the person doesn't put in there what you think is their fair load, or the person who's sitting on a council meeting late at night wondering, why doesn't someone else step up and fill this position? Or the Christian who's wondering, why can't someone else do this? Why do I have to be the one? Or if you have a cross to bear, remember, the last will be first. That's how it works. We see that as the Son of God came to this world, he who was first, who by every right had earned for himself a position of glory forever just by being the Son of God. And yet he became the last, the last and the least as he gave up not only his possessions and his wealth, he left behind the throne of heaven, left everything to become the very last. So you and I might be first. This is a perplexing story. I'm talking about the grace of our God, that it's on the basis of not what we've done or earned, but the merits of his son. Thank God for his perplexing generosity. I don't know if you're going to be called by him to serve in a position of overtime, or if God has in mind for you to be one of those who just finds it's all a gift, even as others around you struggle. Or maybe you'll be one of those Christians as time goes forward who's called on to give up something great like your home, your fields, your business, your life. But remember, the last will be first. And we know how the story of God's kingdom works. It's a story of perplexing generosity. Amen.